0: This episode is brought to you by Mountain Sea Media. I spend half my life near the Pacific Ocean and the other half in the mountains. These places are full of profound stories and experiences that guide my life even now as a media creator and beer professional. This is what gave birth to Mountain Sea Media, the stories that impact our lives and give meaning to our business. Stories share good experiences in the warmth of friends. They improve business by sharing these experiences and connecting deeply with our customers. If you'd like to connect better with your customers through copywriting and storytelling, contact me at jeremy at mountainseamedia.com. It's your story. I'll help you tell it. Welcome to episode 63 of Good Beer Matters.
1: I think guys are probably about 30 years behind women in, in taking care of their health. I think a lot, like most men, um, I didn't like to go to the doctor that much. In America, every week, uh, more than 3,600 men hear the words you have prostate cancer. You know, be a man, uh, buck up, go in, visit your doctor.
0: This is a short series called Beer with Benefits. Armed with a smile and a tasty beer in their hand, these guests are changing the world for the better, one sip at a time. This one goes out to all the men. I know, I get it, I'm one of you. We feel the burden of the world on our shoulders. We may even have learned to just toughen up, to walk it off and act like we're bulletproof. Then one day we realize we're not. It might be an injury that drops us to our knee, It might even be the words, you have cancer. Luckily, when that day comes, there will be a community of men and women who will be there to lend a hand and a rare pint. My next guest spent his career writing and educating about beer. Now he uses beer as a means to save the lives of men everywhere. My name is Jeremy. I'm a certified Cicerone, BJCP judge, IBD certified brewer, and a beer writer. I believe the art, the science, and the culture of beer has more of a profound effect on us than we realize. I believe there's a world of wisdom found in every glass, and I intend to get to the bottom of it. This is Good Beer Matters. These are the stories of us, of great food and the beer that brings it all together. I hope you enjoy episode 63 of Good Beer Matters with Rick Like of Pints for Prostates and the Denver Rare Beer Tasting. Thank you for coming on to my my beer with benefits series. Um, as I mentioned to you before we got started, um, I uh, I've kind of well I'm about the same age that you were when you were diagnosed and and uh, and and I've never been uh, checked for prostate or any men's health type of stuff uh, just because I was always told that you don't need to worry about it until you're 50. But here we are talking about beer and men's health and And uh, I'm so grateful that you're here with us today. Thank you for being here.
1: Well, Jeremy, hey, thanks for having me on. Um, Well, um, Planks for Prostates uh, has been around since 2008. And we got started with the idea of reaching men through the universal language of beer. Um, I was like most guys when I was diagnosed. Um, I didn't know much about the disease and really didn't talk about it much with um, family or friends. Um, Never had a discussion with it. Uh, about it with my doctor Uh, but what we try to do by going to beer festivals and and pub nights and things is to give give guys a chance to ask questions and and learn a little bit about their health
0: now uh yeah you said you were a beer writer and and like any good writer knows the story starts at the beginning um will you talk about your history in in beer journalism and and all the things that you've done since then
1: yeah, well, I got started uh, almost by mistake in beer journalism. I was uh, attending Syracuse University, doing a writing class, a magazine writing class, and we had an assignment where we had to uh, we had to write a query letter uh, to a publication and get a rejection letter from that publication in order to get a grade in the class. the The, the instructor was a smart guy and said, you know, you're not going to make a ton of money when you go off to work for a newspaper you're going to have to sell additional articles freelance wise so you need to learn the process and and so he figured everybody would get a rejection letter and and that would um, that would be one important learning step uh, actually my letter came back and in the local alternative weekly that i had sent the uh the query to actually bought the piece um, and the piece was on syracuse brewing history um, which uh, which was really um, lucky for me uh, because um, I was able to write this article about the brewing history of Syracuse. There were no uh, craft breweries in the market at that point. Last brewery had closed in in 1962, and so I was able to sell start selling beer articles while I was in college, and then just right out of college to uh, other magazines. So that's how I got my start. Um, it. Uh, my my writing career has uh, has gone along now for um, gosh, it's close to forty years now in and writing about all sorts of beverages, um, not just beer but primarily beer um, and uh, that kind of gave me a platform when I was diagnosed with prostate cancer to um, to use that platform to try to reach guys
0: wow and and so you uh, are you still a full-time writer or do you uh, still do that uh, as a side gig or something like
1: that. Yeah, I I have a normal job in in marketing and public relations. A normal job. A normal job. Um, <laughs> and and writing has always been a side gig. I I do less of it these days because of um, my available time. Most of it is um, is put into volunteer work for Store Cross Days.
0: Well, I and I I. I feel like I have a similar history, but instead of uh, 40 years of writing, I have uh, probably closer to four years of writing, but um, but I appreciate your story. I, I, I also took a bunch of writing classes, magazine writing classes, um, where we had to go through the bones of writing a query letter, but we never sent it off to get that rejection. I kind of wish we had... Um, I wish I'd started a long time ago um, when, I, when I initially on it but here we are writing about beer these days and 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 even more trying to get these stories across that we think are important um, um, so will you tell us a little bit about your story of diagnosis and kind of and and kind of everything that occurred uh, I'm, I'm I'm really hoping to with a beer in our hand reach some of the the men that are listening to this and and urge them to follow along with your story and hopefully get checked out
1: Yeah. So my story is, I think, a lot like most men, Um, I didn't like to go to the doctor that much. And in my 40s, I was probably going about once every three years or so to get um, to get a physical and, you know, get blood pressure taken and that kind of thing, just uh, because I felt fine and, and didn't really see the need to regularly go to the doctor. And, you know, like most men, um, I think guys are probably about 30 years behind women in, in taking care of their, their health. Um, but I went to the doctor at the urging of a friend, um, uh, the guy who was diagnosed with prostate cancer and, and ultimately saved my life. Um, he He's passed away from the disease, but he had urged a lot of us uh, that he knew to, to go get tested. So I went to my doctor, he hadn't been in, in a couple of years, uh, had you know had my physical and then uh, um, and then asked uh, asked about the PSA test um, and the doctor said well you're not 50 yet your insurance probably won't pay for it and, and I said well I need you to check that box on the form you're going to draw blood anyways um, and and i have been told I have to have a PSA number to satisfy my uh, satisfy my friend because uh, my my physical exam had come back. Uh, um, there was no abnormality, so uh, so I got the blood test, and um, lo and behold, a week later, my doctor called me and said, you know, you got to come back in. Um, and when I got there, I think he was a little um, he was a little embarrassed to tell me that uh, um, that the numbers indicated that I had an issue. Um, PSA is a really simple blood test. Uh, when we go to festivals, we. We do PSA screening, we, we, we draw blood. Um, we have that available at a lot of the festivals that, we, uh, that we're involved with. Um, and it's a blood test that not only tests for the PSA, but it, it screens for diabetes, heart disease, some other common male health issues. Um, but the PSA test, it takes about five minutes, and my numbers came back high. Um, and then I had a follow-up uh, biopsy that's, um, that told me I had, uh, I had prostate cancer. And in Germany, I did family history that I was aware of of the disease, and I had no symptoms. Um, and that is the case with early-stage prostate cancer for most men. There are, there are no symptoms at that point.
0: So so there's no way for a man who's in tune with his health and his body to think hey there's something wrong I should go get checked there is that just not a, a thing
1: Yeah that's the difficult thing about prostate cancer um, you can you can feel perfectly healthy and have the early stages of the disease and quite typically when some of the symptoms do start to show up and it it might it might involve some of the um, uh, you know some enlargement of the prostate which might affect uh, um, uh, your urine flow and other things or in some cases um people develop um you know a, a backache that feels like you maybe strained a muscle or something when it reaches that stage um, it it typically is um, has already progressed in some fashion um and so um, the treatment options um, become much more difficult. Um, the great thing is that that advancements are being made all of the time but but like any anything um, you want to have as early detection as you possibly can particularly with prostate cancer
0: hmm. so in other words, basically just go get them blood drawn uh, have it tested um, what what advice what uh, Coaching Do you have for any man who's uh, uncomfortable even thinking or talking about a physical exam? Let alone going to have one
1: Yeah, well, you know the the best message I can provide is that prostate cancer when detected early is almost a hundred percent treatable very rarely does somebody Uh, with early stage prostate cancer end up passing away from the disease Uh, it it, it's in the ninety eight point nine or something like that uh, percent survivability when detected early Um, and and just like your car you know if you if you do regular maintenance on your car and 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 take it in and get the oil changed and and do regular tune-ups that that vehicle is going to last you a lot longer than a car that you ignore and, and your body is the same way if you ignore basic maintenance and and uh, you know basic diagnostics um it's probably not going to last as long so we always tell guys to get tested live longer and drink more beer and i'm i'm proof of that i've um my cancer was detected um you know more than a decade ago um, and, uh, I was successfully treated. I was a one and done surgery situation. Um, didn't have to face, uh, chemotherapy or radiation or some of the other things guys have to go through if, if their, uh, cancer is detected later on. Um, so I've, I've been able to, um, to enjoy, you know, visiting breweries around the world. Uh, since, uh, you know, since my surgery, I've had, uh, my wife and I have, uh, I've had uh, three grandchildren come into the world since my surgery. So uh, the message is to really, uh, uh, you know, be a man, uh, buck up, go in, visit your doctor, um, get that physical, um, and get, get the blood work done because, you know, the blood work can detect a lot of things and, and you can take early action.
0: And pretty much every message on on the Good Beer Matters podcast is about how to how to seek that which is better, especially through the lens of beer. I mean, we'll talk about food and maybe get onto other topics, but we're, we're trying to do better. We're trying to taste better. We're trying to experience better. Um, and I think this message is very poignant that uh, you kind of have to face, you know, you have to face that beer that is off. You have to face that beer that does not taste the way it should and and be willing to dump it down the drain and go find something better and that same thought that same linear thinking process of Hey, I'm I'm, I'm at I'm at that age and I in and, and I truly am at that age where I need to go get checked I need to go pay attention to this I need to buck up be a man as you say and and take care of things, not only for the the sake of my longevity, but for the sake of my wife, my children, and for the sake of just continuing to seek and find better beer, if nothing else.
1: Yeah. And, you know, it's interesting when we do go to festivals and and we are able to offer screening, um, I'll talk to guys who are in line to get screened. And quite often they'll tell me that it's been, you know, three years or five years since they've been to a doctor um, and, you know, I, that, that situation, I think you're right about, about seeking better. Um, we need to take time for ourselves. Um, we need to, you know, it's, it's a whole process of, you know, contacting the doctor, scheduling the appointment, um, taking, maybe taking time off from work to do it. Um, we've got so many things going on in our lives that a lot of times as guys, we, we prioritize ourselves less. Um, and especially our health less than, than we should. Um, and, you know, there's so many things that, that are available out there to us now um, that, um, that we will miss out on if we, don't, if we don't take care of our health. And beer is a big part of that for me. I mean, beer is a, uh, to me, is a, is, a, is a gateway to culture. It's a gateway to travel, um, to history. To so many, to so many things, including meeting great people. Um, And so uh, I always include uh, beer in, in my travels. You know, I'm, I'm always wondering what breweries are in the town that I'm going to go visit. Um, I always make time to, um, to try the local beer style. Um, And it's a, it's a great, uh, it's a great gateway that way. and, And we're using it as a gateway to get guys to think about their health.
0: Why, why is beer such a good vehicle to kind of share the message about getting your prostates checked?
1: Well, it, it, first of all, um, when we go to festivals, um, people are having a beer or two. Or if we're at a pub night, the same thing is going on. And, and that um, the great thing about, about sitting down over a beer with friends is that, you know, first of all, it's, it's relaxing. It's a good time. Um, you, can, you can open up a little bit and, and talk about things. And so we use that, that kind of um, social um, aspect of beer to, to engage guys in a conversation they might normally be uncomfortable about having. And, and it's interesting, when we first started doing this, um, you know a lot of guys uh, didn't want to talk to us when, when we first started to do this. But over time, um, the process has, has been kind of uh, uh, kind of fascinating to watch. Um, we we do have guys at festivals now, and when we're out at a pub, come up and and tell us their story. Um, tell us that you know, hey, I was here last year. I got screened. Everything came back fine. You know, they'll thank us for that. Um, we've also had guys come up to us and tell us, um, hey, I, I was really lucky uh, when I was here a couple years ago. I got screened and found out I did have an issue, um, and, uh, and I've been treated, and I'm, um, I'm healthy now. So um, the, the way guys interact with us has changed over that time, and, and uh, you know, we still encounter people who can't understand why anybody would want to talk about prostate cancer openly, uh, but, uh, but that's, uh, that's more and more rare. And, and I think it's it's because not only our organization, but other organizations are out there and, and having honest conversations with guys about their health.
0: So at what age should a man go get checked? And what are the questions that he should ask his doctor when he's there?
1: Well, um, the answer to that. Is, is is it depends, and I hate to I hate to put it that way. There, there's there's a number of factors. So so if you're in a high risk group, if you're um, if you're an, uh, an African American man, if you're um, if you're a man that has a family history of prostate cancer, then uh, then that age is 35 for that first screen. Um, normally, um, if you're if you're just a, a guy who is, um, you know, who wants to take care of their health, we recommend that you get that first base level PSA number at around age 40. Um, and typically, um, if, you, if you talk to most urologists, if that number comes back in the low category when you're 40, um, they'll suggest that you get a blood test about every two to three years just to, just to monitor things. Um, and and then when you get into your 50s, you may decide you're going to do it more often. Um, certainly in your 60s, you should be getting um, a PSA test once a year.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. And is PSA the only thing uh, that we should check into, or are there other things that we should know?
1: I'm sorry you broke up um, on my end that time.
0: You oh God! God, God absolutely. Um, you, you mentioned the PSA a few times. Are there other things that we should be aware of as well?
1: Um, well, the the PSA test, because of its effectiveness in early detection, is the thing that that we talk about most. Um, there are, you know, there are some symptoms um, uh, that I've already mentioned. Um, you, you know, urine flow, um, any kind of uh, any kind of uh, prolonged back pain, those types of things are, are markers, physical markers for the disease. Um, but, uh, but in general, um, you know, our message is for guys to, um, to take charge of their health by, by talking to their doctor, seeing their doctor getting, getting ready, regular physicals. Gotcha. Okay.
0: Well, the, and there's another aspect that's all tied in with this too, the uh, Denver Rare Beer Festival. Can you talk about that?
1: Yeah, so so early on um, with our efforts, we always um, saw the benefit of getting out, attending festivals, um, going to pub nights and that kind of thing. And so um, at the time uh, that we started, uh, the, uh, the Great American Beer Festival was, um, you know, was the biggest event in beer and, and in many ways in the U.S. it still is. Um, and we decided that, um, having gone there a number of years as, as journalists, that um, that there weren't public events outside of uh, the GABF uh, that that people, you know, consumers could go to. Sorry, struggling for my words there, <laughs> but the consumers could could attend. Um, and and so we we had this idea that uh, with craft beer there was. Um, uh, there was an interest in uh, vintage beers starting to develop. There was an in- interest in in a variety of styles. You know that that a lot of uh, a lot of the breweries at that point in time were uh, and still are were heavily into IPAs and, and other products. But there was this entire um, universe of beer that that people weren't getting exposed to. Um, under normal circumstances. So we, we created this event, the Denver Rare Beer Tasting. Um, the first year that we held it was in 2009. We, um, we held it in, in the uh, upper billiard room of a, of a brew pub in downtown Denver. Uh, we had 24 breweries um, at the event. Um, and uh, tickets sold out really quickly. Um, we were kind of, um, I think uh, some of the organizers were kind of shocked by the fact that, that there was an interest in rare beer of that sort. But but from there, it's it's gone on um, to be a, a very successful event for us. Uh, um, we've had 11 straight sellouts um, uh, of the event. Obviously, this year it's different. Um, uh, there won't be uh, a public um, uh, great american beer festival they're doing things virtually and and so the denver rare beer tasting has gone virtual this year
0: hmm. and and by i think by the time this airs we may have passed that uh, that uh, the virtual fest but hopefully in years to come you know this is you know i i've i've spent enough time around beer where going to a beer fest is not my favorite thing to do like it once was um, but a rare beer tasting, uh, that's a festival I want to go to actually. So, um, I'll, I'll put that in the show notes too, for anyone who wants to look at it in the future. Um, but, uh, so if I'm going to kind of get, get into some, uh, wind down questions, um, uh, if you could be the king of the beer world for a day, what would you change?
1: Wow, that's a that's a great question. King of the beer world for a day, you know. It's funny. Um, sometimes I, you know, I, I feel really lucky about organizing the Denver Rare Beer Tasting because I get to invite uh, breweries that I really love to participate and, and get to meet a lot of interesting people. But if I was king of the beer world for a day, um, I guess I would want everybody to come together. Um, and and be able to to enjoy a beer for the enjoyment of the beer, not because um, it's something that they can brag about that they had that their friends haven't had, or that it's from this this really sought after brewery that everybody you know wants to go to but they can't go to. Um, I'd love for them to gather in in kind of a uh, a beer garden setting with their friends. Um, and, and just enjoy the beer and enjoy the company of the people around them um, and, and be able to, to share stories and, um, and have fun.
0: That, that would be a great day for sure. Um, it, I don't know. It, it kind of bothers me that, that that's kind of the way it used to be and it's still the way it is sometimes, but uh, but wouldn't be great if we had that every day.
1: Well, and I and I got to tell you, I think that when we see the other side of this pandemic and people are able to gather more, um, I think there's going to be a new appreciation for for that, for for some of the simple pleasures and and the ability to um, you know to to use uh, use the time we have to to meet new people, to to see new places, experience new breweries. Um, I think that people are going to embrace that when this when this pandemic is over. I know I've I've got a list
0: of people that I can't wait to just kind of go back and spend some real time with and, and just say with, you know, Hey, try this beer and I miss you, you know, something along those lines.
1: Yeah. And, you know, and when we talk about, um, when we talk about an event like the Denver River tasting, one of the things that's, that's fascinating to watch at that event is that we have, uh, People come from upwards of 40 states every year to the event, and a number of foreign countries. Um, we keep the crowd size um, reasonable so that uh, people can, can enjoy the beers in a, in a setting that's, that's casual. Um, and one of the things that we find is that people bump into each other there; that they don't they don't see each other maybe for an entire year, but they they come back to the event. Mm. Um, about about 65 percent of our of the people who attend the event have attended multiple uh, times. Um, GABF is such a bucket list event for, for people. They may go once in their life, and, and so that's why every year 30%, 35% of our ticket buyers are, are first-timers because it's their first time at GABF. It might be the only time they go to GABF. Um, but when they come in, um, they're not only meeting these uh, craft beer fans from around the world, and certainly across the U.S. But one of the things that sets our event apart from a lot of festivals is that the people who are there pouring the beer, we require participating breweries to have um, a brewer on hand or um, a C-suite executive at the um, at their table, so people coming in can ask questions about the rare beer from the people who made it, and and it's you know volunteers are great, and they they form the backbone of our event for sure. Um, but but everybody always comments the ability to meet um, people like uh, like Tommy Arthur, like Garrett Oliver, like Adam Avery, um, like Eugene Seymour. They um, they love that fact that they get to they get to shake hands with um, you know with these brewery. Um, luminaries and and raise a glass with
0: them and that's what for me separates a good Beer festival from all the rest that you know the ones that I don't really care to go to anymore that that become uh, More really drunk fest with all the usual uh, beers uh, on the on the list. This sounds like something that would be uh, uh, worth planning ahead of time to go visit but um, With your uh, well, and, and forgive me, I, I don't mean to sound insensitive to anyone listening, um, especially if anyone is is dealing with um, uh, kind of a late-stage prostate cancer. Um, I, I, I wanted to make, make sure that there was no association with this question, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Um, Rick, if you had the ability to choose your very last meal and your very last beer before you depart this earth, what would they be?
1: Well, that's a great question too. Um, you know, it's it's one of those things. I, I think having gone through um, a cancer scare, um, that that I think um, anybody who has faced you know that kind of uh, that kind of uh, situation realizes that you need to get the most out of life. Um, and you know, I, I don't approach every meal like this might be my last meal, or every beer like this might be. My last beer, um, but but I do uh, believe that um, you need to really you need to realize that um, time is limited and and that and that you should enjoy whatever whatever you can. So if I had to pick um, if I had to pick my last beer and and last meal, I guess I would say um, I, I'd want it to be it's not just the food and the beer it's the it's the place it's the venue um it's the people around you and and so you know i think of i think of places i've been to in the beer world like going to um to bamberg germany and going to to the schwenkler pub and and having a a uh pork shank uh, with a bamberg onion and one of the Schlenkler smoke beers is uh is is a, a unique experience. I think uh, you know going to some of the great uh, uh, great breweries that that I'm I'm in North Carolina and there are some fantastic breweries here in in the Charlotte area and across North Carolina. Being able to being able to actually go to the brewery and and enjoy enjoy a a, a hop drop and roll from Noda, enjoy um, a, a copper from Old Mac, um, going up to Sort of great brewery like full full steam in in Durham, um, uh, some of the others that are around Raleigh and Asheville. It's it, it's getting there and having the experience. It's not just what's in the glass, or it's not just the food on your plate. It's the it's the whole atmosphere and the people that you have around you.
0: And I would imagine, and I, I, I very particularly wanted to make sure I ask you this question like I do all my guests, but I I thought this would be more poignant. That after someone hears a message such as "you have cancer," I would imagine shortly thereafter, you know, one's highlight reel pops up through their in their head, um, and and that will likely consist of experiences, beers, people, um, and so I'd imagine anyone who who has had scares, where, wherever they may come from, would be um, considering. You know the the what if scenario, but I, I always I was asked this question just to kind of um, try and get a clear answer about you know a favorite food, a favorite beer, but uh, but there's a different way to take this as well. but I, I appreciate your answer very much.
1: Well, you know Jeremy, it's it, I'm it was interesting when you when you do hear those words that you have cancer in my case because I felt healthy. Um, it was sort of an out-of-body experience, and I was actually tempted to look over my shoulder to, re, you know, to check and see that the doctor wasn't talking to somebody else. But the reality is, um, in America, every week, um, more than 3,600 men hear the words, "Do you have prostate cancer?" Um, and our message to guys is that um, we're there with you. Um, a lot of men have walked. Um, this path before there's there's millions of guys in this country that have been successfully treated for prostate cancer, um, so it's not it's not a death sentence. Um, it's a um, it's something that you have to take seriously and you have to talk to your doctor about as to what the right treatment approach is. For some guys, um, there's a, a a process called uh, watchful waiting where you monitor. Um the PSA level and and consider what treatment options are, and that can go on for an extended period for others. Like in my case, um, surgery was the best option immediately. Um, so um, you know that uh, that process, though, um, guys should not feel alone if they're facing this. there are there are organizations out there. we um, we support one of them through our fundraising. There's an organization called Us Two International, and um, us two. Uh, has uh, support groups around the country. So if anybody listens to this and and they were recently diagnosed, um, there are resources out there for them uh, and and they should take advantage of those because they're not alone.
0: And um, with all of your experience as as a beer writer and putting on these events and especially all the work that you're doing now, why does good beer matter?
1: Well, you know, good beer. Good beer is, um, in a way, um, everything. Um, it's, uh, you know, it's 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 the it's something that that people of all levels of society can come together over. Um, you know, I I look at uh, what's going on in the world right now with with the political division, with um, uh, you know, with with the questions of this country's ability to uh, uh, to struggle with uh, with questions of uh, of uh, discrimination and diversity and inclusion um and and all the other things that uh, that are challenges to us um we can take um we can take a moment um we can come together over good beer in ways that um, that maybe um, maybe don't, you know, don't seem clear to us in, in other settings. You know, how can I have a conversation with this person? How can I engage with them? And, and you know, a good glass of good beer. Uh, so many people um, recognize that as kind of a, a, a relaxing, restorative kind of break. And so if we can take a break from what separates us. Maybe, um, maybe over that beer, we can find things that unite us.
0: Seeking something
1: better, starting with the beer
0: in our hand, right? S- starting with
1: the beer in our hand. And, and, um, you know, uh, it's, it's a simple thing, but, um, uh, but I think that, uh, you know, in the case, in the case of Pints for Prostates, we, uh, you know, we, we reach men through the universal language of beer and, and it's, a it's a, um, it's a, a social beverage, and um, I think we need to have a lot more honest and open discussions in this country, whether it's about men's health or it's about the other things that, that are out there, um, and look for ways to, to help each other.
0: Yeah, I I totally agree. Um, I, I'm gonna leave it at that because you you just finished that perfectly. Um, but anyone, anyone who's listening, how can they uh, connect with you or uh, Pines for
1: Prostates? Well, Pines for Prostates, you can find us on the web at pinesforprostates.org. Um, you can also we're on we're on Facebook, we're on Twitter, uh, we're on Instagram. Um, we do um, in normal times have events happening all around the country, and those are uh, those are on our website and those are on our Facebook page. Um, and, you know, we're looking forward to, uh, to when we can get back to Denver and have, um, have a, a real live face-to-face Denver Rare Beer Tasting. The next date that we, uh, that we are looking forward to is October 8th of 2021, and that'll be our 13th annual Denver Rare Beer Tasting. And I hope that I'm there. I
0: hope that I can uh, meet you in person and, and share a pint and, and tell even more stories.
1: Looking forward to it, yeah. Jeremy.
0: Do you have any final words of wisdom as uh, to carry us on out of this?
1: Uh, I would just say, again, uh, to any any guy out there, um, the key message that, that we bring to, to men is to get tested, live longer, drink more beer.
0: Awesome. Thank you so much for coming on to the Good Beer Matters podcast and, and sharing the story. Jeremy, great to talk to you. And
1: uh, I do look forward to meeting you next October in Denver. Likewise. Take care. Bye.
0: One classical description of manliness is to face one's fears and not ignore them. So how else can I say this? Go get checked regularly. Your life and the livelihood of your loved ones depend on it. Besides, great beer tastes better when you're still around to enjoy it. Join us in the next episode where this time we talk to the ladies about beer and boobs. Good Beer Matters is a show about great beer, great friends and the experiences we create together. But it's also about better appreciation of the beer you enjoy. I believe better education leads to better enjoyment. So if you're a beer food professional or even a beer enthusiast, then please subscribe to Good Beer Matters and visit me at goodbeermatters.net. After that, Grab a beer, hang out with friends, and let the world open up. Thank you for listening. Cheers. If you have found this podcast educational or even entertaining, please go to iTunes and leave a review. It really, really helps. Thank you.